Good morning, guys. I am tuning in to give you guys this weekly dose of info. Um, This week, it was kind of on my heart and mind to really talk about the cost of school. Um, And what really led me to um, just start discussing this is I've been having a lot of conversations with people in my network about going back to school, like different people wanting to go back to school. Um, And I recently spoke to a couple of mentees and they were like, you know, should I go to this school versus that school? Um, And so I think the topic of just going back to school has just been resonating lately around me. And so I figured we'd discuss it um, just because I know we all, you know, have considered going back to school at some point in time, um, whether you're just entering nursing and you're trying to figure out like what nursing school is best for you or you're going to grad school or getting your doctorate. Um, Just recently, me and my girlfriend were talking about our doctorate degrees. And so I'll talk a little bit about the impact of getting like a PhD or a DMP. Um, So this episode will pretty much encompass like all things degrees. Um, So I recently had a speaking event and I was talking to some nursing students. And I first off, um, I just want to say how excited I am for this like next generation of nurses. And I say that because when I was coming up, you know, to me, I was excited to be a nurse, but like, it just wasn't an exciting time to be a nurse. Like we had just started residency programs. And I know I tell y'all this story all the time, but like, I did not have a good nursing school experience and I did not have a good first year experience as a nurse. Um, And so it's ironic because my job right now is to help support our residency programs to help support clinical placements for our students to make sure they get clinicals in the hospital and they have a great clinical experience. Um, So it's kind of ironic how that has come full circle, but um, it just wasn't fun. We didn't have all of these Instagram influencers, you know, just really showing you how to self-care, showing you how to, you know, get more bang for your buck from a degree or from a job, um, teaching you how to travel. You know, you just didn't have all of this information out at that time. And so um, we really don't understand the impact that this social media culture has had on nursing. Um, or maybe you do. I, I I didn't realize that impact until I was talking to these girls and they were fire. Like they're these high school students. They know they want to be nurses. And, you know, when you ask them why they want to be nurses, of course, their hearts are there. It's very like they want to take care of people. They want to help people. Um, But when you ask them, like what drives them to, you know, stay in the field or what they want to do, what areas they want to go in and nursing, they're like, there needs to be more black people in nursing. There needs to be more, you know, black girls in nursing. Um, I want to help people. I want to help our communities. And you just see this robust, I don't know, just this robust flair of like creativity and advocacy and all of these things that like we're fighting for now, you know, in in where we are and us already being nurses and, you know, just showing up for the culture. But 
I just want to translate that to you guys. It is showing like this future generation of nurses, particularly minority nurses, they see us like they see us out here being fly on Instagram. They see us out here taking care of ourselves. They see us out here building wealth and taking care of our families and, you know, just really doing it. And so to me, I just wanted to share that confirmation that like whatever whatever you're doing in nursing right now, someone sees you like they see you and you are inspiring them. And so I know sometimes we don't know if we're being effective, right? Like sometimes we're just showing up as ourselves and doing the best we can on a day to day basis. But like one of the biggest things that I wanted Black Girl Blue Scrubs to do was really just form a tribe, like just a group of women that's like, hey, I see you like I see you over there getting that tech job. I see you over there traveling and making six figures and paying your student loans off like I see you out there being bold and speaking up for things that are important to you so you know I definitely feel like when I first entered into this kind of nursing entrepreneurship influencer world it was extremely competitive um I'll be really transparent and say the only person that I saw was nurse Mo and absolutely adored her for sure but that was the only person that I saw in the nursing world that was out here doing it you know and she was a travel nurse she was out in Cali um you know she seemed very free she seemed very honest and and I felt like I had to fit into that mold. Like, how can I be like Nurse Mo or similar to, you know, that type of influencer in order for me to be a successful nurse entrepreneur or in order for my message to get out to people? And so um, over time, you just realize that someone else's formula does not work for you. Like it can inspire you, but it should inspire you to create your own formula and it should inspire you to be your own best self and so you know over time of course you notice that mimicking somebody else online or in person or whatever just doesn't work and so just kind of navigating through those feelings um you have to figure out what path works for you and you have to figure out who you are and how you want to best express yourself and that's that's always a challenge. And so getting back to the topic of degrees, you know, sometimes we're getting these degrees because A, we think it's going to validate us, right? Like maybe you're not getting validated or you're not getting the support you want as a nurse. So you're like, I'm going to go back and be a nurse practitioner and they're going to have to respect me. And the fact of the matter is, it's nurse practitioners out here that's not getting the respect that they deserve, right? Everything is about earning that respect. It's about advocating for yourself. It's about, you know, having standards and saying, no, I won't take less than this. Or it's about planning, right? It's about doing your research and knowing like, what did you just walk into, right? And, and equipping yourself with the things that you need to get to your ultimate goal. So we'll talk about a lot of that today, but I definitely just, um, again, I just wanted to confirm like this next generation sees us. So whatever you're doing out here, keep doing it. Um, if you are somebody that's like, I can't be a nursing influencer, a nursing entrepreneur, a nurse mentor, I can't be a nurse of significance because there's already so many other nursing personalities out there. Do not compare yourself because there are 
are so many women who need to see you like they need to see you specifically right like I needed to see a woman who looked like me I needed to see a woman who was super smart super educated super professional but still ratchet could still have fun still felt like I didn't want to be boxed in by corporate, right? Like I'm good at corporate. I'm good at business, but I didn't want to be so stuffy that when I clocked out or when I walked out of the office, I couldn't be free to be myself. And so it took a long time to get to that space where I was like, listen, I can run you this financial budget. I can manage this program. I can streamline these operations and I'm going to go kick it, have fun, enjoy myself afterwards. And so um, not being afraid to show that balance in a world that for me, my world at the time was I had to be one or the other. Like if I was going to be the youngest black professor at Chamberlain, I was going to have to uphold myself a certain kind of way. But the fact of the matter is I was 24. I still wanted to have fun. I still wanted to um, be free, you know, and be responsible. But I also wanted to maintain, you know, my image at work. And, and so that I had to create boundaries and I had to journey through that. And for me, I feel like because I've done that and not been afraid to do it, I feel like other women are also comfortable saying, I can be a nurse leader. I can be an MBA prepared nurse. I can be professional and take care of my business and have fun. So again, um, just kind of starting this thing off with like, before you start to look at advancing your degrees and, um, you know, trying to do more with your career, make sure that you are solid in who you are and how you want to be. Um, so that's my testimony. Um, again, it's a little transparent for me, but um, I'm trying to practice what I preach and just be open with you guys about journeying in nursing and what it takes. Because, you know, looking at the back end of this, there are people who never get comfortable with who they are. And so they continue to chase degrees to validate them. And we know that person, right? And we're not going to shame them because, you know, as black women, we we've had a tough time, you know, feeling seen and heard. And so we all know that person that degrees and titles and their money is what makes them who they are. And so I don't want that to be who we are because there are girls out there that is that they're looking at us and there are um, there's change that needs to be made. And we can't make real change in nursing and real impact if we're hiding behind degrees and we're really seeing seeking validation and seeking um, all of these other things from um, from this degree. So um, I just want to preface that is that when we go for these degrees, of course, you want to get your money. Of course, you want the title, but make sure that that the, the degree isn't making you. You are making the degree. Okay, so getting started, I've done some research for this because this is more of a concrete topic, um, but First and foremost, I had a question that I wanted to answer, which was, you know, is there still a nursing shortage? I know with um, COVID, we've really changed how we disperse nurses. You know, they've moved, we've moved from the bedside onto travel nursing. What does that look like once we're done? 
with COVID. And also like you hear nursing shortage all the time, but where is the shortage, right? Like where are the nurses needed? And so um, there is still a nursing shortage. So I did do some research. There is in fact still a nursing shortage. Um, one of the things that I've seen in my job is we have literally like doubled, if not almost tripled the amount of nursing students that are coming out. Like when I first started my job, I was maybe processing like 200 something students a semester to come in the hospital and do clinicals and now I'm up to like 750 so there are these schools are pumping out nursing students like crazy we are hiring like crazy and not just me as in my company but um, just all around nurses are in high demand that could be particularly because of COVID. We won't start to see that research until we're out of 2021 and we're kind of looking back on those numbers. Um, but what we want to remember is that there is a baby boomer population that is retiring. So um, going from my observations and from the data, um, it is expected that by 2022, due to the number of baby boomer nurses that are retiring, there'll be 1.1 million nursing jobs that need to be filled. So um, if by perspective, you know, these there is a demand for schools. So when you're looking at what should I do next in my life, start to look at your trends, right? That's how you should be figuring out what you want your degree in and what area you want to go in. I know for me, I would absolutely love to start a nursing school. Like I'm kind of manifesting that and I say kind of because I'm not sure, but thinking about like just nursing and the future of nursing starts to kind of wrap your mind around, okay, this is where I'm at right now, but in the next 5, 10, 20 years, what does nursing look like and how can I prepare for that now? So just to give you guys some trends, there will be 1.1 million um, nursing jobs that will be needed by 2022 due to the retirement of our baby boomers, right? And so what that tells me is since I've been on my job, I've had maybe five to 10 um excuse me, five to 10 of our um, older nurses retired. And so that's five to 10 vacancies in nursing education alone that was filled. And I'll tell you another thing, nursing education is now expanding just beyond um, academia. So when I thought of nursing education, I always thought of being a professor and then being a dean. Like that was kind of my trajectory. Like if I'm not someone's like CEO or the CEO of my own company, it was going to be a professor and then a dean. But I've gotten a taste of hospital nursing and, you know, is it to me, it's expanded out or hospital education. I'm sorry. It's expanded out the notion that education is only done in the classroom. So think about that change alone. Think about how 10 years ago, education looked like either academia or you had like a floor educator. Now, 10 years later, you have a whole hospital department. It's not just mine, but every hospital now has a robust department of educators, directors, vice presidents, um, all of this from an education standpoint. So when 
when I thought of leadership, it was either being a CEO of my own company or a CNO or a dean. You know, those were the traditional leadership roles. Now, 10 years later, leadership looks like advocacy. It looks like politics. It looks like owning your own nursing tech company. It looks like owning a home health aid company. It looks like owning a COVID screening clinic or a vaccine clinic. So think about that. 10 years ago, these jobs weren't here and now they're here, right? And so 10 years ago, I got an MBA because I was like, listen, I'm business oriented. I want to um, get get a piece of the pie. And that MBA, although I didn't use it right away, it's it took almost five years for me to use my MBA. I've always had it and, you know, it's always been a plus on my resume. But now I've literally people have been like, hey, you have an MBA. I have a question or, you know, it's made the difference between me going into more academic education roles. And now I'm in a more business academic role. So um, definitely just take a look at the trajectory of nursing. Do your research. Um So if you're going back for a a regular RN degree, which I think most of my girls are graduate and terminal degrees, but the average nursing degree right now for a public college is $40,000 and for a private college is up to $100,000. So think about that. Just your regular four-year nursing degree, it ranges from $40,000 to $100,000. And um, according to the American Academy College of Nursing, 50% of students, um, 50% of nurses stated that student loan debt was their biggest worry. So I know we have some student loan debt out there. I think my BSN was about 40 grand and I went to a state school in Ohio. Um, So, you know, think about that. Think about what the price of your degree was. Have you paid it off yet? What do those loans look like? And what will it look like as you add on additional degrees? Um, I did look up ADN. So an ADN program, $6,000 to $10,000. Now, I know our hospitals aren't hiring ADNs anymore. Um, That has a lot to do with hospitals being accredited by magnet status. Um, And so magnet status, you have to have nurses that have BSNs. You You have a better chance of being accredited, the hospital, if they have BSN nurses or if they can translate all of their ADN nurses to BSN nurses. So um, I try to give you guys a little bit of the business kind of backstory to a lot of our nursing rules, because one thing about it, you know, and I'm sure we're all tainted, but my job isn't to taint you guys. But, you know, when you start to see a lot of back end business stuff in the hospital, you start to learn like, yeah, healthcare is about helping people. But it really is a business. And a lot of those business strategies and those business goals is what drives the culture of nursing. So if there is something you kind of don't understand, like why wouldn't we hire ADN nurses? They're still nurses. They still pass the same NCLEX. They can pass meds. They can, you know, hang drips. But the hospitals don't hire them. They're only hired in like LTAX and um, things like that. You're kind of like, why? It makes more sense if we're having this major nursing shortage. Well, the accreditation agency that accredits hospitals, they said, hey, you have better outcomes with your patients when you have bachelor degree nurses. So 
Um, that is why that shift has occurred. And that's why um, BSNs are so highly sought after. Now, um, when you're thinking about public versus private colleges, um, you also want to think about the fact that, you know, they have different admission rates. Private colleges may be accelerated programs. Um, it may not be a waiting list. Public schools may not have the organization. You know, I hear a lot of people say the schools aren't organized. So really take those things into account when you're choosing your programs. Um our the average student loan debt was forty thousand um, dollars, and the average salary for a nurse is seventy one thousand dollars. So that's the national average for twenty twenty. Um, so kind of comparing those numbers, you know, make sure that the numbers make sense for you if you're going back to school. Um, for our graduate degree programs, um, of course, we have online versus your traditional programs. Um, the average cost is thirty to sixty thousand dollars. So your average um, bachelor's degree is forty to fifty thousand dollars, and then your graduate degree is thirty to sixty thousand. So we're racking up well over a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt just to be graduate nurses. Um, depending on your salary, um, it may or may you know, span out. I've looked up the average NP salary and the average NP salary was 80 to 130. So that's just nurse practitioner, um, 80 to $130,000. Now, if you're getting MSNs in education, you know, education, the average salary is only $80,000. So um, if you can negotiate, it's 80 to 100, but the average um, 100 is on the higher end. So, you know, a lot of people don't go into education because they feel like it doesn't make as much. Um, I'm here to tell you, you can make what you negotiate. Um, and I say that all the time to negotiate. Um, I help, you know, anyone who reaches out to me, I help them negotiate. I am by no means a pro at negotiating. I can just lay it on the table for you and help you figure out what you're worth, what the job wants and how you can kind of pitch yourself in a way that makes you, you know, more marketable and higher paid. So, um, yeah, so thinking about the MP degree, thinking about your MSN and education degrees. Um, now, you may be wanting work-life balance. So making 80 to 100 or 90 to 130 may be comfortable and worthwhile if you can work 9 to 5, if you can travel, if you can have Fridays off. Um one of my friends was a nurse practitioner and she got a job because she can work four tens and she can have Friday, Saturday and Sundays off with her kids. So, um, you know, just make sure that you are establishing like what's your why? What is the reason why you want to go back? And what are you really seeking from this degree? Um, I know people who got MSNs and leadership, right? But if you don't have experience, and I, I have to drive this home because especially as minorities, um, we don't get opportunities. We don't. And we don't get it even though we're more educated than our counterparts. You could have a PhD and they will hire an ADN nurse that don't look like you and will promote them and support them. And that's just the fact of the matter. Like that's just experience, right? Like anyone who challenges that, I tell them like, go, you know, go be black for a day, right? But 
ultimately because we have these factors against us doesn't mean that we don't keep going it doesn't mean that we don't go back to school it just means that we have to be really smart and strategic about how we are navigating our careers um, so again you can go back you can get an MSN in leadership but if you don't have a relationship with your leaders if you haven't expressed to anyone that you're interested in leadership if you aren't taking on more projects if you aren't networking with people who have leadership roles that interest you if you're not doing the back end work that MSN and leadership is just going to go by the wayside because I'm telling you now the manager that's over you probably don't have no MSN they they may they may have one but they're probably a bachelor degree nurse that received favor from the director or from the chief nursing officer and they promoted them and they said hey eventually get your MSN but they're doing the work and so I just want to emphasize that a degree without the work without the network without the research is just going to be additional debt um, make sure that you are honestly just make sure that you are looking at all the ways that this degree can benefit you. Um, I do, like I said, it was disappointing to have an MBA for five years and everyone felt like I was too young to be a nursing leader. And so in academia, they wanted me to have an MSN and in nursing, like the regular nursing leadership world, no one was no one was promoting me to leadership roles. Like as much as I was asking people, telling them I wanted to be on more projects, um, you know, showcasing myself. Um, no one, no one. And, you know, to this day, I share this story. It took having a black director to promote me to a leadership role. And I that that's near and dear to me because there is no reason why I had an MBA for five or six years, was outspoken, was a leader on my unit, did projects, you know, showcased my skill set and was telling people I wanted to be in leadership roles and no one was promoting me. It took me being burnt out and ready to, you know, just give up on being a leader for my black director who had just got hired and it was a male. It was a black male director. He had came from the East Coast and he was hired onto our unit and he was like, hey, I'm looking to build a team of leaders. And I was looking through your profile and I saw that you had an MBA and I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, why aren't you in a leadership role like you know and I was like I've said it you know for years that I wanted to be in a leadership role and it hasn't been supported on top of telling me like hey we're going to get you trained we're going to get you in this role we're going to move you here the people who were in that role blocked it so <laughs> I, I, I share these stories because I want y'all to know it is not easy like nursing leadership for black women they hate us. I mean, I'm just going to flat out say it like they do not want us in those roles. Um, I went to get promoted for the role. This is the director who's putting me in this role and it was blocked. It was challenged. Um, he had to mentor me through things. He had to sponsor me through things, which means he had to show up in rooms and advocate for me and advocate for my skill set. Meanwhile, I had a nurse manager, a charge nurse and a nurse manager who had less years of experience than me, less education than me, and had absolutely no idea how to run a unit, but they were all friends. So 
this is real. Like this is our livelihood. Like if you have a seed planted in your heart to be an educator, be a dean, be a leader, be an entrepreneur, be an influencer, whatever it is that's planted in your heart, like I definitely want to encourage you guys to keep fighting and to make a plan and to keep showing up because I was going to quit. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do bedside. Maybe I'll go back to be an MP. So he positioned me well. Um, he stood by me through the challenges and through the fight. Um, I ended up getting another nurse mentor who was the chief nursing officer. Um, again, as I'm telling you guys to get these degrees, build the network with the degree. You have to. You have to. Even if you're going back for NP, if you don't have doctors that are willing to do your clinicals or other NPs, if you don't have organizations that's willing to hire you, people who know your work ethic as a nurse, it's going to be that much harder to get a job and to, to negotiate the salary that you want. Um, I ended up getting a mentor who was the chief nursing officer. Um, I was strategic in getting a white male as my mentor because I had already had black female mentors. Um, I had already had, um, I actually had, I have a Asian mentor and she is the whole bomb. Um, and so I wanted to branch out and have a white male because I knew that healthcare is dominated by white males. And so I wanted to make sure that I showed up in these spaces and knew the etiquette and knew the expectation and knew, um, how, you know, they like things delivered and what that looked like and what the language of those rooms were like. And so he was extremely transparent and showed me a lot of things that um, allowed me to to kind of put those things in my toolkit so that when I show up in rooms with all white males, I know exactly how to present. I know exactly what to do. I know exactly how to deliver. Um, and so, again, just try to get those experiences with your graduate degrees. Um, but I love how phenomenal we are with going back and getting our degrees. Okay, finally, your terminal degrees. So a lot of people have MSNs right now. Um, and if you're thinking about MSN versus an MBA, um, just think about the fact that an MBA is strictly business oriented, right? And so you're going to heavily need a network in order to push your MBA. Your MSN, you can definitely stick to nursing. You can do administration and get nursing administration degree, and you can get some business background in that. Um, and you can also teach with an MSN. So um, one of my regrets is that I can't teach full time with my MBA. I can teach, I can do adjunct, which I do. But if I'm going to be a faculty professor, they want an MSN. So think about those things when you research and what your ultimate goal is and, you know, what your side hustle is going to be and what degree is going to give you more bang for your buck. Okay, your terminal degrees. So your two terminal degrees are PhD and DNP. They are two very different degrees. And when you apply to a program, they are going to want you to be very clear as to why you are choosing one over the other. So terminal degrees, from what I looked up, there is not much of a pay change. So if you are getting a terminal degree, Take it out your mind, at least for right now, 2021, that you got to make some major big bucks for having a DMP. Your DMP is A, going to benefit you down the line 
And B, it's going to help you with research and application. So if you are one of my change agent nurses, so you want to go out here and change the world. If you want to be effective at changing the world or the nursing world, they are going to want to see research. I can't walk into these people room and tell them we need more black nurses. And this is how we get more black nurses and more black nurse leaders. They're going to look at me like I'm crazy. But if I walk in and I tell them the stats on the number of nurses that are interested in nursing programs and get into nursing programs versus the number that actually graduate and they see that it's almost 70% less. If you get five to 10 black nurses in a program, only two gonna graduate. Why is that? We need to fix that. If you have 10 black nurses who all have master's degrees on your unit and you have none of them in nursing leadership, but they all stated they wanted to go into leadership, we have a problem. So it's easier to point the problem out when you have the research and it's easier to have the research when you know how to research and when you know how to find that research. So if you are either heavily interested in a topic in nursing or heavily interested in trying to change something, whether that's how we give medications to minorities and what scale we use, whether that's the effectiveness of a medication, um, whether that's maybe a different teaching method that we use to help make sure the students pass the NCLEX. I mean, whatever seed God has planted in your heart to impact nursing, think about what that looks like with research. How can you prove what you're saying with research and how can you solve it through research? So that's what your terminal degrees are going to do. The money is going to come later. So remember that with your DMPs, the money is going to come later. The DMP or the doctorate degrees are to help make change. So you have your PhD. Your PhD is primarily research. So if I wanted to say, okay, how many black nurses actually graduate from our top 10 nursing schools in Dallas or in Ohio versus um, Hispanic versus white, that's research. I want to research and see if minorities are graduating at a lower rate. Now, if I'm saying minorities are graduating at a lower rate and we need to put nurse mentors in nursing school, I'm going to use the research that's already there. That's a DMP. So a DMP is saying, hey, this research is already there. There's already research that shows minority students are graduating at the lowest rate in nursing school than any other race. I want nursing mentors in the school as a solution to help get these girls and boys through nursing school. And these are the research that shows nurse mentors increase minority graduation rates by 10%. So you're saying the research is out there. We just need to adopt this new practice, right? And so um, that's your DMP. So DMP is an applied research. You're applying research that's already been done. And you're saying, hey, this research was done in New Jersey or New Zealand, and it helped them increase their black or minority nurse leaders, we need to do this here in Texas or here in this place so that we can increase our black nursing leaders. 
So um, that's really the difference with your PhD versus your DMP. Do you want to do the research? Do you have questions in your head that you want answered and you want to, you know, develop these theories and test them out? Or are you saying, hey, this research has already been done. They've already found a best practice. We just need to implement this best practice where we're at. Um, so that's really my breakdown of your degrees. Um, we went over your graduate degrees, we went over your doctorate degrees, and then your average nursing degrees. And then really just looking at like what's motivating you to get this degree. Are you going to use it in tech? Are you going to do nursing informatics? Then you should be looking at California. You should be looking at areas that you know, tech is improving lives. You should be looking at virtual care. You should be looking at populations getting sicker. How are we measuring how sick they are now? Um, care delivery models. We're going to be changing how we deliver care. We already are changing how we deliver care. Now care is virtual because of COVID. What does that look like? That's going to open up virtual clinics. I have seen probably 10 to 20 jobs a week that are like virtual clinic managers, virtual clinic nurses. So that wasn't an area that was here even two years ago, even five years ago. Um, now that we have virtual clinics, guess what? We have to change our policies around virtual health care. We've never had a policy around virtual health care. How does it impact HIPAA? How does it impact insurance reimbursement? So now we need policy nurses that say, hey, this is how we're delivering care in the hospital. This is how we create a policy around it and get that policy passed in legislation. Um, just a fun fact, one thing that I learned from being a part of the Texas Nursing Association and other organizations that deal with healthcare and politics is that Medicare for the first six to eight months of COVID, Medicare wasn't reimbursing virtual or telehealth visits. So there were a lot of practitioners and a lot of hospitals that had to come together and advocate for telemedicine to be paid out the same way as an in-person visit. So initially it was only like if you had a telehealth visit and you were a provider and it was $100 for a visit, insurance would only pay you $30. And I'm just throwing out numbers, but it was only 30% of your average price because it was telehealth. But telehealth became our way of life. So we needed people to advocate and say, hey, legislation, hey, insurance companies, this is how we have to deliver care now and moving forward. You need to reimburse us 100%. So just an example of behind the scenes things, but um, I'm going to keep this short and sweet and I'm going up, I'm coming up on 40 minutes here, but just deep dive. I mean, y'all know my thing is reflection, reflection, reflection um, and research. So just deep dive into where nursing is going and where you know, write out two or three areas that you think you would fit in, you know, and build off of that, build in that direction. Um, and last but not least, don't make money the only part of the profession. I know that nurses get paid. We have a lot of opportunities to get paid. Um, but again, this work is hard. 
And this work is meaningful. And so if we're going to maintain a balance in healthcare, which is not letting the business take over the actual care of people, then we have to make sure we're in position, we're in formation to make sure that we're protecting our communities, we are protecting our future nurses that are coming through, and we're protection, protecting our populations overall, the ones that we signed up to serve. So... I hope that helped you guys. Um, as always, follow us on Instagram at Black Girl Blue Scrubs, or you can visit blackgirlbluescrubs.org and sign up for our mailing list. That's where I have a lot of gems as well. Um, if you guys need any help navigating your career, I do do career planning. I do resumes and I help with interview prep. So please reach out to me um, and have a dope week. Bye.